Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Welcome in. Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer, AR, Adam Roberts, executive producer, other side of the glass, live from the Lakeland University studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. That's lakeland.edu slash get started. Got a busy show today on Sparky's Midday Madness. Uh, First coming up in the next segment of the show, 215, Catherine Wu, uh, the Cardinals beat writer for The Athletic, uh, will join us, get her take on the Cardinals. And then at 230, 235, Harris Tour, the guy that owns the Milwaukee Admirals, celebrated his 17-year anniversary since owning uh, the Milwaukee Admirals. Uh, Also part owner of the Brewers, uh, also a booster for UW and basketball, so lots to talk to Mr. Milwaukee, as I refer to him about, uh, coming up. So we'll talk Admirals, we'll talk Brewers, uh, maybe get into some Panthers. They have a brand new facility they're building over there on uh, the UWM campus. So we'll talk to him uh, coming up about 2.30, 2.35. To start off Sparky's Midday Madness, I-, I was looking at social media in the break and saw we had a lot of response uh, to that topic we did in the 1 o'clock hour that we never really got a chance to to read, which I'm going to do now, which is, do you feel like you're priced out of professional sports? Um, and quite a bit um, going on here on social media. Craig tweets at Big Show Network, oh, without a doubt, the last time I went to a Packers game, they played in Milwaukee. The last time I went to a Bucks game, they were at the Mecca. Been to one Brewers game at the new stadium. Can't watch on TV unless they are on a major network. It's out of control, says Craig, tweeting at Big Show Network. That's a long time. It's not even been in any of these uh, facilities uh, to watch your favorite team, without question. Uh, PG3 says, uh, yes and no. Beer prices are ridiculous. Food can be, although we're spoiled by being allowed to bring food into AmFam. Uh, however, there's plenty of affordable options to get into pro sporting events here compared to other cities. We all complain about prices, but we all keep going. We all aren't going necessarily. That is why you see empty seats um, at American Family Field. That is why you see empty seats uh, at Pfizer Forum uh, for different events, whether it be concerts, whether it be uh, Disney on Ice, monster trucks, uh Whatever, maybe going to Marquette games. We're all not going. If we were all going, all these places would be sold out day in and day out. And that, that is definitely not happening. Now, it didn't happen in the past either, necessarily. Uh, it did happen there for a long stretch of time when the Bucks trade for CC Sabathia. They were on a huge stretch where Miller Park was sold out. I forgot how many weeks in a row uh, of home games that they had where they were sold out game in, game out, game in, game out. That was a crazy stretch of time where uh, brewer, may, brewer Fever, I guess you could say, uh, was absolutely out of control uh, at that point. I, I just think, uh, and Big Kev, uh, he tweeted in, he called in uh, earlier, and he also tweeted and said, we eat at one of the local restaurants that has a shuttle. Yesterday for opening day, we went to Spitfire, ate good, took the shuttle in, and had a great time. I'm not paying 11 bucks for a beer, and I can afford it, but I'm not going to do it. Um, and that's Big Kev on Twitter. Uh, Mike B um, says definitely there with the Packers and getting there with the Bucks. Brewers offer so many promos that uh, that takes some of the sting out of the ticket prices. And see, and that's just it. Like, and I don't live in Atlanta, so I can't really speak 
with 100% knowledge one way or the other. But the Falcons, who haven't had a good football team, um, got a lot of praise um, because they lowered all of their concession stand prices to like five. Everything was like five bucks uh, across across the board. And that was a big whole ordeal. And everybody wondered whether or not they could make it work one way or the other. Now, that was in the last stadium. I don't believe that was in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So I, I don't know what that pricing looks like now in Mercedes-Benz Stadium one way or the other. Um, and to a point earlier, which is, hey, if you think it's expensive here, go to some of these other um, stadiums and ballparks. Well, Adam Roberts, you were just at Wrigley, right? You just went to the right. uh, Brewers-Cubs game on Sunday. You were all happy. You got your tax money back. You were going to splurge. Uh, so uh, what were the prices like uh, down there at Wrigley? So, And we talked about this on the big show the day after I got back right. on Monday. I got the Italian beef sandwich because my theory was, so well, good. Food is going to be expensive. There's no getting around that. So you might as well get the best bang for your buck. And while I had never been to a game at Wrigley, having spent a lot of time in Chicago when my grandma lived uh, in Uptown, I do know that those beef sandwiches are beefy. So you get a fork. what you pay for. And you get a fork because you have to eat it with a fork. That said, it was $18 for a sandwich. Yep. And you didn't get a fork. They no. were just, here's the sandwich with the peppers. You're on your way. And then we got two drinks. Because, I mean, I'm going to wash it down with something. And I figured, well, I'm here. Let's get some uh, 312 because that's one of the big breweries in Chicago. That was $13 a cup. Good thing you got your tax money back. Yep. And good thing I also knew to stop there because I very easily could have been, okay, well, now I want a Chicago dog. Right. Now I want peanuts. Now no I want to do doubt. this because I'm living it up. Well, I put the brakes on that. Leroy would be happy for me. Yeah. I mean, before you know it, you're spending $100, $150 just on concessions going to a ball game. And that's, you know, after you pay for ticket prices and parking, having been down there last year in Chicago, I mean, you're, you're talking a lot of money, $35, $40, dollars uh, to park in one of those open air parking lots that they have down there. They're not even parking garages per se. They're just open air lots uh, where, you know, you park your car. Everybody can complain about, you know, brewers parking prices. In the grand scheme of things, compared to everybody else, it's really not that it's not nearly as expensive as everywhere else. It's still cheaper than what you're going to pay uh, downtown Milwaukee on any type of event going on Pfizer form. All of those parking garages get stupid expensive at that point. I mean, literally, there are times where if you get a deal on a Bucks ticket or a Marquette ticket, you're literally going to pay more money for parking than you're actually going to pay for the ticket to the, the game that you're going to see. That, to me... When they were building Pfizer Form, we had Peter Fagan on all the time, all the time. And I would always ask for two things from Peter Fagan. Two things. I got neither. But I asked for two things. One, I wanted the stadium lighting like they have uh, at, or they used to have, at the Forum in L.A. when the Lakers played. Or at Madison Square Garden, where Peter Fagan and a lot of the front office of the Bucks came from, was Madison Square Garden. That's where they are all working before they came here. And I was told, no, that's not happening. Okay, fine. Then the other thing I wanted was I wanted the parking prices lowered from, at that point, it was, what, 20 bucks to park when it was the Bradley Center at those places. And I was hot at 20 bucks. And they never really gave me an answer on that way, one way or the other, other than they didn't own that parking garage. So it was pretty much out of their control with the parking garage directly across the street from Bradley Center was charging. Not their deal. Now, this is their deal, and their parking prices are stupid. Simple. If I'm going to pay more for parking than I am for the ticket, then really, how good is the ticket to begin with? Right? I mean, if I if I can go find a ticket online for 10 or 12 bucks, and you're valuing parking more then you're valuing tickets. I would love to know the difference in price, and I'm sure it's, it's quite a bit. If they charge $10 for parking at their parking garage versus $30, $35, whatever the heck it is, over the cost of time, because I guarantee you they they ran that all out on a spreadsheet. Said, okay, look, if we leave it at 20, it's this much. If we raise it to 35 a car, it's this much. We're going to make way more money at the end of the day uh, doing it that way. And do remember, um, Giannis is making like $50 million a year. You're paying Middleton max money or close to max money, what he was making. Drew Holiday took max money as well. So 
just remember that part of the reason why you're paying as much money as you're paying for everything we're talking about is player salaries and how much these guys are getting paid. And it's up to the teams to pay them what they're going to pay them. In Cleveland, the Cavaliers, they were, was it last? No, two years ago, three years ago, there was a list of, you know, concession prices, parking prices, all of that across the NBA. The Cavaliers were the lowest at $5 a head they were charging to get into Cavalier basketball games. And again, they had LeBron, obviously, mm-hmm. and they were selling out and all that stuff. It was $5 a head. That's it. That's all it was. Cheapest in the NBA by far wasn't even close. Now, most of the time, and I haven't looked lately, most of the time the Bucks are right somewhere, I think, in the middle. The Brewers tend to be somewhere in the middle to bottom third, I think, uh, as far as concession stand prices and so forth go uh, at this moment in time. You looked and found Mercedes-Benz Stadium I in did. Atlanta? They actually have this like really nicely laid out, so I can go right through it. So uh, they introduced these new prices in 2019, so three years ago. When they opened ago. the stadium, right? Uh, they had... Uh, now we'll start from the top with a hot dog. It was two dollars. They cut fifty cents off that, so it's a dollar fifty. Pretzel bites, four fifty. Their uh, ATL Bud Burger signature sandwich, seven dollars and fifty cents. Ice cream waffle cones, four fifty, and then chips and salsas, two fifty. If you want to get a drink, I don't have anything on inside the stadium, but they do have that fanfare food truck right. that they park outside, and that has bottled water and soda listed for two dollars. That's good. That's good. $2. That's, not That's bad. cheap. That's cheap. That's cheaper than you'll get at pretty much any restaurant. Uh, well, yes. maybe not Maybe not any restaurant. It's but cheaper like, than you're probably going to get at gas stations. Yeah. At this point around here. Stevie D, Cheesecake King, you're next here on hey. Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up? Hey, Sparky. I was just telling. Is that AR? AR. That's yep. right. Yeah. I was just telling him that um, I'm an Emerald um, member at Potawatomi. And they called me out the blue, and they told me, they said, hey, Stevie, would you like um, two tickets for the Bucks game this Sunday in the suites? I said, sure, yeah. So I get two tickets for the Bucks game this Sunday in the suites. I'm cutting my schedule short because I usually work seven days a week with my students. And I called my friend Ty, but he was asleep. So I called this um, my other friend Vanessa, and I told her because her boss, he's a season ticket holder. He always give her tickets. Right. And uh, she said, oh, Stevie, take me, take me, please take me, take me, take me, please take me. <laughs> I said, okay, damn, you could go. <laughs> That's awesome. So she's going to um, meet me down there. I'm having her dry because I'm acting like I ain't ate in, in days because I ain't eating nothing. Talking about, I'm going to tear that food up and get the drink for free. <laughs> and I bought my first. Um, now, I've been a Bucks fan since I was a kid, but I've never, ever bought a jersey. So I had a gap in my schedule. So I went to Dick's Sporting Goods store and I bought a Giannis and a Middleton jersey. So I'm going to um, wear that down there. My birthday is next week, um, Wednesday, and I'm going shopping for myself. And I'm going to the jewelry um, center, too. I've been there. I got two customized things. I got Warrior, and I got a dollar sign made with my gold chains. So I bought that from there, and I'm going to go get me a gold bracelet from there this um, Wednesday <clears throat> for my birthday. Dude, you're living a good life right now, Stevie D. You are yeah, living I, a good life right now. I've hit 10 jackpots at Potawai this year already, too. Damn! <laughs> You are living a great life right now, Stevie D. And I told, I told AR, I said, you had, you're the only one that had my cheesecakes. Yeah, and they're so good. Oh, my God, yeah. they're so oh, good. They're even better now, Sparky. I, I done made over 20 different kind of cheesecakes now because yeah. I had 27 orders for Thanksgiving. Yep. So I made 27 in four days. Yeah, your cheesecake. my schedule. <laughs> your cheesecake is so good. I want to I wanna try to get y'all some, but I, won't, I also would like, if, if possible, I want to the um, book from Leroy, one of the cookbooks. Sure. Yeah, well, he's got a new one coming out here at some point, so yeah. Yeah, so we can try to set something up. If I can get y'all some cheesecake, let me talk kind you want, and I make y'all a couple and get the book from Leroy. That sounds like a deal to me, Stevie D. I'll talk to Leroy. I'm sure he's all down for some cheesecake, too. Stevie D, thanks for the call, man. As always, coming up next, Catherine Woo, Cardinals writer for The Athletic. Uh, we will talk to her about this Cardinals baseball team. They're the only team that Brewer fans consider uh, any type of competition in this division at this point. We'll see just how much of a competition we should consider them straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Steve Sparky Fiverr with you, executive producer AR Adam Roberts. Uh, we're going to get to Katie Wu from The Athletic coming up here momentarily, talk some Cardinals baseball. Just got this from the Milwaukee Bucks. 
uh, concerning the watch party that they're going to have there in the Deer District. They're limiting it to 11,000 people. It's a capacity limit of 11,000 people uh, coming up on Sunday. Gates for the Bucks watch parties will open two hours prior to tip-off, and tickets are not required to attend. All fans will go through uh, a magnetometer before entering the Bucks uh, watch party. No bags are permitted. Only wallets smaller than four by six by one are permitted. Fans planning to attend the Bucks watch parties should enter on the south side of the plaza near the intersection of Highland Avenue and Vel R. Phillips Avenue. Fans with tickets that are going to the game should enter on the north side of the plaza near the intersection of Juno and Vel Phillips Avenue. So again, capacity limit of 11,000 in place coming up uh, for these Bucks watch parties as of right now. I'm sure that will expand as we get deeper into the playoffs, but that is the deal now. So do not say you were not warned and did not know we are telling you now here on The Fan. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, she is Katie Wu, covers the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals for The Athletic. Katie, thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Hey, happy Friday. Thanks for having me. Happy Friday, indeed. Uh, okay, so first and foremost, we should all know that uh, the Cardinals, uh, not viewed as friends uh, here in Milwaukee. Um, I, I right. think I may dislike the Cardinals more than I dislike the Chicago Cubs, in all honesty, and I never thought I'd get to that point in my life. But Tony LaRusa led me down that trail, Katie. It's it's nobody else's fault in the organization now. Um, when we talk about this Cardinals team, Yadi Molina, very, very good. No question. Got to respect Yadi Molina. Uh, Got to respect Adam Wainwright uh, as well. Uh, and Pujols and the Brewers have had their run-ins uh, along the way, too, dating back to the years of Ned Yost as manager of the Brewers and so forth. The Cardinal fans ever think they'd see the day that he'd be back in a Cardinals uniform playing for them again? That's a great question because I, I feel like the fan base never really lost hope, but just kind of figured, you know, Albert was gone. There's, there's no way he's coming back. But as a fan, you always kind of hold on to that nostalgia factor and you dream of a happy reunion knowing that, hey, it's probably not going to happen. Well, little did we know, it actually was going to happen. And it has been a little surreal, I think, both from the FN perspective and from a reporter perspective, to have all three, in Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright, and Albert Pools, back in St. Louis in 2022, and where all three of them are actively contributing to this club's success. And Albert Pujols showing that he is not fast. He's not very fast, as we saw yesterday, going from second to third. Uh, having said that, though, uh, as far as Pujols, Wainwright, and Yadi Molina, is there a, some type of thing going around where maybe this is their swan song, kind of all going out together? Uh, or do we think that the Wainwright, uh, Adam Wainwright may play longer? I think Yadi Molina is probably done after this year, and I would guess Pujols as well. Yeah, so last year when Yadier Molina announced his contract extension for one year, he also said that 2022 right. would be his final year. Yep. Poole said the same in his press conference. Adam Wainwright has not declared if he's retiring or not after the season. His contract with the Cardinals does end after 2022. Um, but I don't really think Adam is, is even thinking about retirement. I think he's someone that's going to reflect at the end of the season. But we do know that this will be Yadier and Albert's final season. And I think it's, it's interesting because it is a great story, right? It is a a tremendous story for baseball that all three are back in St. Louis, but the Cardinals front office and their manager, Ali Marmol have said publicly that they didn't bring Albert back just for the story, just for the nostalgia tour. They brought it back because they brought him back because they believe that Albert can actively help this club. Um, whether it's going against left-handed hitter or left-handed pitchers, being a, a bench bat, being a veteran presence to the younger up and coming guys. They brought Albert back because they think he can help them win and be competitive and the reunion tour was just kind of the cherry on top. So that's been kind of interesting to see early on how Albert's been used. I mean, we saw how the Dodgers used him last year in a kind of a split role, and it was very effective, and the Cardinals are looking at using him the exact same way. So with Katie Wu of The Athletic covers the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. The Brewers' strength, obviously, uh, is they're pitching to a certain degree. Their starting rotation, the back end of their bullpen with Devin Williams and Josh Hader. Uh, for the Cardinals, how does their pitching look right now heading into the 2022 season? I think, once again, the, the pitching, the starting pitching especially, is a, a big question mark for the Cardinals. Um, we, the Cardinals saw last season just how detrimental it could be when your starting rotation falters. Um, I mean, by, by June, they had two legitimate starters and were just struggling to get innings. When you look at the Cardinals and how they shape up, you know that they're going to be a very strong defensive team. They run the base as well. They're very fundamentally sound. Their offense is improving. I, I think that Nolan Arenado on opening day is something very interesting. He said, 
I think our offense is very great. However, we weren't great last year, so we aren't getting the respect we feel like we deserve, but that makes sense. But when it comes to the starting pitching, you know, they have no Jack Flaherty. He's out indefinitely coming back from shoulder soreness. Um, there's Miles Michaelis and Stephen Matz who had great springs but did not have great first outings of the season. Again, it's a very small sample size. You don't want to over or underreact in, in that regard. Um, but when you're looking at the Cardinals, again, it looks like their starting pitching is the big question mark. And, you know, as, as the old saying goes, you can never have too much of starting pitching. But right now they're, they have four starters, Jordan Hicks, a young, tantalizing guy, can trip, hit up to triple digits, is scheduled to be their fifth starter. But with weather and off days, he hasn't actually seen a start yet. So there are a lot of questions about this Cardinals team. But the biggest one, again, is can their starting pitching hold up? What about Arenado that you bring him up? Obviously, his power numbers uh, were good last year, 34 and 105. But average on base, not nearly probably what you were expecting. And you look back at some of his Colorado numbers, uh, they were significantly higher than, than what he had last year in St. Louis. Were fans happy with what Arenado gave them last year? I think they were happy, of course, with the power numbers. I mean, anytime you have a guy hitting in the middle of your order that hits 30 home runs, drives in over 100, um, you'll take that. But Nolan himself was not happy with the rest of the numbers. You know, I, I talked with him at the end of the year last year and right before camp started this spring. And he brought up his numbers unprompted each time, saying, you know, he had around 250 last year. That was a career low, not counting the, the COVID year. And he said, I have to get better at getting on base. I have to have a better average. Bush Stadium, he said, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's very much a pitcher's friendly ballpark. And he said he didn't really adjust to it accordingly like he should have last year. He said he wants to be less lofty, more hitting the ball on the ground, line drives, hit to all fields. He said last year he got way too pull heavy and you can't be effective as a hitter if you're doing that at Bush Stadium. So I think, no, of, of course, Cardinals fans aren't going to scoff at the power numbers, the, the all-star defense. But I think both would have liked to see a little bit more consistency when it came to getting on base. And Nolan would be the first to say that it wasn't enough last year. You know, we talk about uh, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, and Brewer fans know him all too well and having to deal with him over the course of time. He's he's pretty much going to be that all-star type first baseman that you that you expect. The one guy that kind of blew up for you guys last year and blew up in a big way was Tyler O'Neill, the outfielder for you guys. Uh, and now the question is, can he do it again in back-to-back years? Is there a lot of buy-in to that's who this guy is now? Yeah, that's a great point. I think what Tyler O'Neill, Tyler O'Neill showcased in September was very intriguing, very optimistic. The Cardinals very carefully crafted their outfield in O'Neill, Harrison Bader, and Dylan Carlson. And they always kind of believed that Tyler O'Neill could be that kind of player that he showed in September with the elite speed, the elite defense, and then the elite power. Um, there is a lot riding on Tyler O'Neill's shoulders into this season. I mean, if you can, you talked about Paul Goldschmidt, we talked about Nolan Arenado. If you get Tyler O'Neill in between those two hitters, that's a very lethal 2-3-4 combo. Um, I believe, and I think he showcased this pretty efficiently last season, um, especially in that September run, that if he's clicking on all cylinders, he could be a dark horse MVP candidate. I think there is a little bit of pressure for him to show that it wasn't a fluke last year, but I think the Cardinals have really bought into what he's capable of doing. Talking with Katie Wu of The Athletic, covers the St. Louis Cardinals. Follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. She joins us here on Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan, you know, from a Brewers fan's perspective, all eyes are on Christian Yelich for sure, looking for him to rebound uh, and be more like he was three or four years ago. Other eyes are on Keston Hira, who hasn't done much since uh, his first call-up uh, to the big leagues a couple of years ago as well. Where are all eyes focused right now uh, in St. Louis? Do you mean from a Brewers perspective on, on how who they're looking at? No, no, no. From a Cardinals fan perspective. perspective. Yeah, from a Cardinals fan perspective, uh, one of their players that everybody's looking at and, and wanting and ex- waiting for maybe to have that big year this year. I think there's a lot of optimism and expectations surrounding Dylan Carlson. Their young 23-year-old right fielder um, was a top prospect for them a couple years ago, debuted in 2020. 2021 was his first full season, and he finished third in National League Rookie of the Year voting. Uh, Dylan Carlson has, has been kind of their X factor. He's a switch hitter. He was uh, he started the season as their leadoff hitter, and he's probably going to stay there. He plays great defense, um, and he's creative in, in the ways that he can get on base. He has the power, and he can also beat you with speed and you know the small ball element that the Cardinals love to play. So I think you know you have the guys obviously like the Adam Wainwrights and the Nolan Arnados and the Paul Goldschmidt, where it's kind of cemented on what they can do. I think Dylan Carlson's ceiling is so high, and he's so young, and he's showed such encouraging signs so early in his career that the Cardinals are kind of looking at this season as, 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 you know, if this is a 
potential star in the making that they have in right field. So I, I think that there are a lot of eyes on Dylan Carlson to start the year. Are there division expectations for the St. Louis Cardinals? Because for Brewers fans, it's, uh, yeah, of course, the Brewers are going to win the division. It'll be them and the Cardinals. And then, you know, then we start talking about how do they get to the World Series. What are expectations levels in St. Louis? I think it's the exact same as Milwaukee, which obviously would make for a very entertaining division between these two. It's unfortunate that the NL Central isn't as competitive as as other divisions in in baseball, but I think what you're looking at the Brewers' expectations, it's the same as the Cardinals. I mean, they believe both teams believe they're the best in the division. Both teams believe they can make deep, late postseason runs, and Cardinals and and new manager Ollie Marmel have publicly said, you know, anything less than a World Series this year is a disappointment. So I think you're looking at no matter what side you're rooting for, a very exciting uh, summer between these two teams that will probably, as it usually does, go right into September, last couple of days, uh, to see you know who's really going to take home the division. You want some great Cardinals coverage. I know there are some Cardinals fans that listen to my show. I don't understand it myself, but they do listen and they do call and tweet at me from time to time. There she is, Katie Wu, the athletic. Follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. Thanks so much, and uh, have fun in Milwaukee. Hey, thanks so much. Glad to be on. You betcha. Take care. There she is, Katie Wu. On the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it's applying for a home run. If I can talk, if applying for a home renovation loan, as you're feeling anxious, breathe. Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Coming up next, Harris Tour, Mr. Milwaukee, owner of the Admirals, part owner of the Brewers, booster for UWM men's basketball. We'll talk to him about all three of those things coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, efforting Harris Tour, uh, the uh, Milwaukee Admirals, yesterday uh, was 17 years as owner uh, of the Milwaukee Admirals. And I've known Harris since back when he was one of the uh, owners of the Milwaukee Brewers, back when Bud Selig uh, was the owner of the Milwaukee Brewers. And I remember, uh, we talked about this with John Greenberg, I think a couple of weeks ago on Sparky's Midday Madness. I remember having a conversation um, with people here in the building of, some big admiral's press conference going on. Um, so we get there because at that point, uh, there was um, a lot of conversation that the admirals may no, may be no longer. Like they may just dissolve or be sold or whatever, but there were a hard times happening over at the admirals. Uh, numerous people weren't there anymore. They were down to a, a really bare bone staff um, and things weren't well. So, 
uh, everybody was expecting, okay, so either they're going to announce that this thing is done or they're going to announce that they've sold this team uh, or something. So I head over there, you know, for 1250 uh, and they have all these seats and it's all set up in this room and sit down and everybody's kind of waiting to see and you see Brewer's logo up and you're like, what in the world is going on? And then you see, uh, before the press conference starts, all these different people walking. Doug Melvin walks in, the Brewer's general manager. Gord Ash, the assistant uh, general manager, walks in. Ben Sheets, he walks in, right? All these guys come walking in. And they're Brewer guys, like all these Brewer's dudes. I'm like, what is going on? And there's Harris Tour. And uh, they announce that Harris Tour, and then with all these little separate minority owners or whatever, all the other people in the room, um, had purchased and had majority uh, interest uh, in the Milwaukee Admirals. And this was going to be his baby. And they were going to make this go, and they were going to make this work. And Mike Wojciechowski, uh, who was over there through this whole transition, was over there before Harris got there, um, you know, going through that whole process, uh, survived while a lot of other people didn't survive that whole process. So, hey, Adam, Adam, just stop. That's good. Don't worry about it. Um, so, wasn't able to get him. Um, or Wojo survived, I should say. And now Harris Tour comes in. They, uh, Harris Tour uh, and the front office, they hire John Greenberg, uh, who was the media relations uh, president or whatever you want to call him of the Milwaukee Brewers at that point. And he comes over to be president of the organization for the Milwaukee Admirals. And now he gets to run the show of an organization as uh, the kingpin at the top. A new role, something different. And John and I, like I said, talked about it uh, a couple weeks ago. Then, as we go further along into this story, um, the Admirals eventually win an AHL Cup and all that stuff happens. Then Bradley Center is done. And they're going to Pfizer Forum. That's the, the Bucks. You know, the new ownership takes over, going to Pfizer Forum. The Bucks and the Admirals couldn't come together and agree uh, on a deal one way or the other. However, it plays out, I'm not quite sure, but it didn't, it didn't work. So now the Admirals had to figure out where they were going to play if it wasn't going to be at Pfizer Forum. So they make a deal. Uh, with, I think it was USL at that point. I'm not sure if uh, Milwaukee uh, Panther Arena had started at that point or maybe it just gotten there. I don't know. But anyways, so Harris Tour um, decides, no big deal. We're going to go and we're going to go play over there. But Harris Tour didn't stop there. Oh, no. Harris Tour said, I'm going to throw a couple million at this bad boy and we're going to help redo the inside of that arena. New kitchen space, redo the concession stands, pull up some of the stuff in the front to expose all the original tile that was at the Mecca back in the day. And again, I was just at the Admirals game. Uh, was it last weekend or whatever? And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I think, and I've said it before when I went the first time a couple of years ago, I think it's it's a better seat to watch hockey than I think even the Bradley Center was. I, because you're more on top of the action. It's more of an image. In, intimate atmosphere uh, to go along with it. So again, just can't say enough of the job uh, that our next guest, Harris Tour, has done joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. How are you doing, Harris? Congratulations. 17 years, dude. Time flies. I know. I looked at those pictures yesterday, Sparky. I'm like, oh my God, I've aged. Yeah, we've all <laughs> just aged. a few years. We've all <laughs> aged. I was uh, telling the story on the air before you came on about the that press conference uh, when they announced that you were taking over uh, and buying the Milwaukee Admirals, and you know I've no, I've known Mike Wojciechowski for years, and I remember him not knowing whether or not the whole Admirals thing was going to survive, and if it was going to make it, and everybody knew if it was going to get sold or it was going to get dissolved, and you, like you always do, come riding in on a on a horse in your knight's uniform to save the day, uh, and kind of save the Milwaukee Admirals. How did that all come to be? How did you become interested and, and have the want uh, to get involved in that whole deal? Well, it was, I, it goes way back, but there was a gentleman who I knew uh, who, I don't know how he had this information, but he had heard that the Admirals had had a deal that had fallen through. He knew that my son at that time was already playing hockey and was really into it. 
And he also knew I had some ownership stake in the Brewers. And he just thought this was a perfect match where you take someone who's now interested in hockey uh, and the team was available. So I knew who to contact at the time. There was a gentleman by the name of Fran Croak. And yep. in the pictures that were out there yesterday, he was the he represented Jane Pettit's estate. And uh, I called him and I said, I heard that the team is still for sale. And he said, yep. And he goes, why? I go, I might be interested. And so one thing led to another. And uh, including a, like right before the announcement, I had gone down to Augusta for the Masters to watch and uh the whole thing just sort of came together there while you were watching golf at augusta yep i'm shocked harris tour you're doing business while on a golf course <laughs> i'm stunned uh okay so now you get this deal done how did the whole doug melvin gord ash ben sheets how did all of how did that how did they all play into this well, I contacted them after the deal was put together. You know, we were starting, you know, okay, this is going to happen. To see, you know, I knew obviously Gore, Doug, there was this Canadian uh, sort of connection and my connection with the Brewers. And I, what I really wanted to do was tell the community that this was a very serious thing. Like we were, we meant it, that we were buying this team. We're going to turn this thing around. We're going to bring the Admirals back and uh, bring some attention to the team. And I thought that having those people involved would mean so much and people would then know like, Hey, they're, they're going to come back and the Admirals are going to be a more, a prominent team like they had been for so long in the community. And then you intertwined from that moment forward, a partnership and relationship that I think has been huge for you guys with cross promoting the Brewers with the Admirals throughout the summer when the Brewers are playing. And then in the winter and fall, when you guys are playing. I think it's been a tremendous partnership and, you know, I'm very thankful for, you know, for Mark and uh, Rick Schlesinger and everyone at the Brewers organization for, you know, supporting this idea of being the Brewers are the first major league team to support a minor league and partner with a minor league team where they don't own the team. Uh, yes, there were people who owned both, but there was not a the Brewers owned the Admirals type of thing. And so they were the first one to ever put like their their logo on our jersey and it was it was just a it was a big deal back when we announced it and I'm just really grateful for that partnership because I think it's worked out so well for both organizations. Talking with Harris Tour, 17 years. The anniversary was yesterday of him buying the Milwaukee Admirals. Uh and I was talking also before you came on about that transition where, you know, Bradley Center going away, Bucks owners Pfizer Forum deal couldn't be worked out, whatever the case may be. You then end up going to the old Mecca, now Panther Arena. And as I pointed out before you joined us, you didn't just say, okay, we'll go play in, in the other arena. Fine, so be it. You got invested and wanted to make sure that 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 arena uh, was upgraded, and you threw some cash at that thing to redo concession stands, redo kitchen area, redo restrooms, uh, and really bring that the level of the inside of that thing up to today's standards. I, I think we've done a really nice job. The building has helped out as well. You know, but I remember walking into the building day one when we were looking at this possibility of moving over, and I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> this thing's a long ways away from being ready for us to move in and really, as you said, up to date with what fan standards uh, were. And obviously, the Bradley Center still was going to have another season or two of, of the Bucks and Marquette. But, you know, I want, we were going to make the transition, so the, the sooner we were going to make it, the better, in my opinion. And uh, I think the the building has served us really well. I think it's been great for the WCD as well. So again, another great partnership. And usually, when there are good partnerships and that work for both sides, that's a win win. Now we also know uh, not only you are a partner on the Brewers in this, but you also help out with UW uh, men's basketball as well as a booster there. So when it becomes Panther Arena, that thing whole the whole thing happens. You've kind of now brought all three of your interests now together as one between Brewers, Admirals, and Panthers. Yeah, we you know and we've partnered with the UWM over the years and had a great relationship with them. And um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, the new coach can do and uh, bring the program back to where it uh, had been for for many many years. And uh, he seems ready and raring to go. So it's going to be exciting to see, watch UWM hopefully uh, come back. What about that new indoor facility that you all are building on campus? 
I think that's a plus for recruiting. I mean, that's it was something that they did not have. Obviously, you had the Klotchy Center, and the team would play games. I mean, still plays a game or two there, but um, to have your own dedicated facilities is important because every school they recruit against already has something like that. So this was a huge step forward uh, for the university as uh, you know they go out and recruit against uh, other teams in their conference and conferences that are on that level. I got to ask you about the Brewers, obviously, Harris Tour, because. Uh, I, I just looked yesterday at opening day payroll for the Brewers after Mark got done talking about, you know, they made some room on the payroll to bring Andrew McCutcheon in. They still got some flexibility. Uh, the Brewers uh, at the All-Star break, if they want to make trades and add guys to try to go win a World Series, which is great as a fan to hear. I saw what I looked at their opening day payroll. It's like $125, $128 million opening payroll. Harris, I remember when y'all moved into Miller Park and – Oh boy, we're gonna have the highest payroll ever. We're gonna sign Jeffrey Hammonds. We won't talk about that. And the payroll was like fifty million dollars, and we couldn't believe it was fifty million dollars. Can you believe where payroll is right now? And again, the Brewers aren't at the bottom. The Brewers are right almost near the middle of Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to Mark, uh, David Stearns, and everybody in that baseball staff, as long as well as ownership. I mean, there's been a great partnership there where. ownership wants to win Uh, every meeting I'm on. There's no like, Oh, let's just dump guys. And uh, hopefully we can make some money. It is always about winning and trying to keep things somewhat in line. So uh, that the team can operate in a, in a way that's successful. And it's hard when you're the Brewers, you know, you have to make key moves. You have to have a group of young guys who are a central core to that team to be successful if you're the Los Angeles Dodgers on the end, oh, we, we have a good first baseman, but we'll go get Freddie Freeman and spend whatever we want. Uh, it's a very different you know, attitude that they can have, and every decision we make is under a microscope. And so the ability to add, add a Andrew McCutcheon, not only his bat, his glove, but I think his leadership uh, in that clubhouse uh, is so important. He's He's been around for a long time, been a winner. Uh, and so I think this is was a great addition by, by David. Harris, you and I have known each other a long time. We've had lots of conversations on the air and off the air. I don't believe we've ever had the conversation I'm about to to start with you. And I'm only starting with you because Rami Makhlouf, who hosts the Rami show after me from 3 until 6, is sitting in here right now waiting to crosstalk with me to promote his show at 3 o'clock. And he did a whole thing when he was in Minneapolis at Scored North, at Scored North called hashtag put a roof on it um, and kind of went after the Twins for not putting a roof uh, on their stadium. And now you you see a lot of these ballparks that are being built uh, without roofs. Where was that conversation uh, as far as putting a roof on it or not putting a roof on it with you and Bud Selig and everybody when you guys were talking about building this new stadium after uh, County Stadium? So if you remember, uh, if you look back, you'll see that I joined the ownership group after Miller Park had passed. Oh, so you weren't involved in the so conversation. Just, yeah. I was not part of it, but I, I don't think, you know, I remember hearing stories, though. Um, that was the option of having an open-air ballpark was never on the table for Bud. I think they, you know, I remember going to games where ah, 3,500 to 5,000 of yep. your very best friends were out at County Stadium freezing on an April, maybe day. Uh, and you did, sometimes and then there'd be games where it'd be rained up, so you don't even know if they're going to play. What a huge investment and difference that has made. I mean, if I was out there yesterday, we took the entire Admirals team out in our front office, and I can't even imagine that game being played. Yes, fans would have shown up yesterday, no matter what, but not today. Not tomorrow. I mean, it's a completely different ball game. You know the games are going to get played. You know it's going to be comfortable. And I just, if people today still think that the roof was a bad investment, I, I just don't think they understand economics at all. I remember going to a game in April with Tim Allen. We scalped in for like five bucks, had diamond box seats behind home plate. It was snowing sideways. You couldn't even see the center fielder at one point, but the Brewers continued to play. Uh, through it. It was quite amazing. And now you don't get that experience anymore here, but for group sales, for the assurance that you're definitely going to see a game, for people coming from all over the state knowing they're going to see a game, 
Uh, again, it's it, it really is a no-brainer. Harris, congratulations, man. Just a huge success story every time uh, we talk. And proud of you, and you do a great job. And uh, thanks so much for coming on. Sparky, thanks so much for the opportunity, and I appreciate our friendship. You betcha. Take care. There he is. Harris Tur on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. I'm applying for home renovation loan. Has you feeling anxious? Breathe. My Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Rami Makhlouf, your microphone is on. Bud Selig, Corning Harris Tour, never considered not having a roof on this new stadium. Smart man. Never even came Smart up. Smart man. Yeah, no question about it. Whenever it was- whenever I, I bring I bring it up, inevitably people from Minneapolis will be like, they talked about this and nobody wanted to put it in the budget. And like I know that, and that's that's short-term thinking. That's small thinking. Because like Harris Tour said, it's 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 basic economics, man. That roof ensures a good baseball experience. How much do so the that, Twins that, get? That adds up. That equals ticket sales. My question to the Twins organization would be, how much of your fan base comes from around the state? How much of your group sales come from around the state of Wisconsin? Because I promise you, the Brewers group sales is making a ton of money from people coming from around the state of Wisconsin yeah. where they weren't doing that with County State. Yeah. There's people no would, question. People would come from around not just Minnesota, Iowa, right? North, North, Dakota, got a team. North Dakota. Yeah, they're buried in snow. Like yeah, true. Yeah, South Dakota, all those right. states around Minnesota that don't have professional teams, most of them adopt Minnesota teams. Yeah, and if they could, if they knew, like, hey, a night or a weekend in Minneapolis, and I know I'm going to see one or two baseball no games. Brainer. What that does, not just for the Twins, but for hotels, for restaurants, for all around the area, yeah. the city, it's. It's it's crazy. So to not to to refuse to put that in the budget is just small thinking. No you know no. what I mean? Yeah. You're not thinking about the return on investment. They were not. Uh, Rami Makhlouf uh, will join us coming up next. Uh, he'll tell us what's coming up on the Rami Show today from three to six, and uh, maybe we'll take a little sneak peek at how our uh, draft mockery poll uh, ended up turning out yesterday as well. That's up next we don't here. Have to do that? Uh, wh- what? We don't have to do that. D- have you looked? Yeah, yeah, I've looked, dude. What oh, well, I, I I, I'd like to know what the results are. We'll I've talk the about that. You've looked. No. no, you haven't looked. I have not looked. Okay, that smile on your face says you've looked. No. Okay. Adam looked. I'm looking at him now, but I haven't said anything. <laughs> Adam said anything. I, I didn't look, but Adam okay. looked. Yeah. Back, I don't understand. We'll talk about back it. Back after this. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on 12:50 a.m. The fan presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Thanks again to Katie Wu from the Athletics covers the St. Louis Cardinals for joining us here on the Madness, and then of course Harris Tour, Mister Milwaukee, owner of the Admirals, part owner of the Brewers, booster for UW Milwaukee basketball. Hey, baseball underway, basketball playoffs uh, underway as well, and the place to catch all the action while playing your own indoor games is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch the games on while you play your favorite indoor games in their huge entertainment game room and settle down to some awesome food from loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up. With all the extras, visit their Facebook page or Q Club of WI.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Rami Makhlouf, what's coming up on the Rami Show? On the Rami Show today, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, since this is a uh, foregone conclusion, this uh, first round series between the Bulls and the Bucks, what we're asking is how easily... Do the Bucks beat the Bulls in this series? And who do you want in the next round, Nets or Celtics? Yeah, that's what topic I wanted to do, and we never got to it this week. Really? Yeah, Nets and Celtics. Yeah, I, I, I think that really is is kind of the question here. I mean, and I'm conflicted. They play before the Bucks do, and they play at like 2.30 on Sunday, I think. Oh, do they? Um, I haven't I, looked at the I, full I, schedule. I Oh, no? No. The Bucks game two is at 8.30 on Wednesday night. Good. I like that. 8.30. That's good. Also. That's a Rami time start. Right. I like that. Also. Uh, out today, the Bucks sent out a press release. Capacity limited to eleven thousand for the Deer District uh, for the game huh? uh, coming up on Sunday. Eleven thousand. So why it's opening two hours prior to tip? So why are they, they doing that? I don't know. Last year we had fifty thousand out there. Just telling you, they're limiting capacity to eleven thousand. So if you stupid. if you want to be there for that game on Easter Sunday. Uh, and be a part of that, you you better get your butt there early. That's dumb. So, I don't like that at all. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't know the answer to that question. I'm conflicted. Part of me wants the Bucks to beat KD and Kyrie with no excuses on that side. That's kind of where I'm at. But then the other part of me is kind of like, the, there's no way Boston beats this Bucks team if they get Boston. Um, 
So the easier route, I think, is Boston. But there's still a part of me that wants to beat the Nets bad. So I, I don't know. We'll talk about that. Other NBA first-round playoff predictions. Ryan Horvat, BetMGM tonight. He makes his weekly visit at 345. At 4 o'clock, people were upset by those Mark Antanasio comments yesterday, Sparky, about the budget. And I don't understand why. You were, you were one of them, if I'm not mistaken. No, I wasn't. You weren't? No. Because I was playing the press conference, and you walked in here as he was saying the stuff about the budget and Andrew McCutcheon, and you said that's such BS. Only you didn't say BS. Oh, no. So what I was, I wasn't talking about the budget. Oh. I, I, I was talking about, he said, when did he say it? Last week, whatever. That they had three targets in free agency that they were looking at, mm-hmm. and they got one of them. In mm-hmm. Andrew McCutcheon. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back and says, well, you know, we, we we didn't have really the room or, you know, didn't want to spend the money, but it's Andrew McCutcheon, so we got to spend the money. Like, you can't say one and then come back and say the other. You clearly have the money. Otherwise, you wouldn't have had three free agent targets. They didn't get the other two who they were but looking at. But you have at. three they free got agent one targets them. knowing you're not going to get all three. Understand. You know what I mean? But if you didn't have the money, then you why why did you have targets for? Like if, if you come in going, hey, we don't got any money to play in free agency right now, things are tight, cool. But don't tell everybody you had three targets, three, and you got one of the three that you wanted. Clearly you had money to play with. That's why you were in the free agency pool trying to get one of these three guys to come play for you, right? In a sense, Does yes. Does that make sense? In a right. sense, yes. So I he, think you misunderstood not, what he said. I'll I'm clarify not, for Mark Antanasio in the 4 o'clock. Hour. I am not mad mm-hmm. about Mark Antanasio. We just had Harris Turner on. I never thought their payroll, their opening day payroll, Rami, I think is $128 million. That's got to be like the highest opening day payroll they've had. I haven't seen anybody report it, but it's got to be close to it if it's not already. I think so, yeah. I don't believe they've ever been in the 130s. Mm-hmm. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law